So this is a prophecy over one of the 12 sons of Jacob, okay? This is a prophecy that he was speaking to his children, and this is what it says, Genesis 49, verse 19. Y'all there? Follow me? It says Gad, G-A-D. Everybody say Gad. All right, not God. There's an A there. It says Gad, a troop shall tramp upon you. I love this. I love this. It says, but he shall triumph at last. Everybody say triumph at last. That was pretty weak. Everybody say triumph at last. There you go. That's better. That's better. I love it. See, there's going to be a season where he's saying it's going to look like you've been trampled down is what we would say nowadays in, in 2023. Is he saying, Gad, there's going to be a time in your life and there's going to be a season that you're going through that's going to look like you've been trampled down. And you look like you're going to come out a loser. But really, what the father is saying to his son is, son, you were born to win. Amen? You will triumph at last. It's going to look like the world's coming against you, but you were born to win. In the end, even though momentarily he says it's going to look like this troop is coming against you. It's going to look like you're going to be trampled on. It's going to, going to look like your dream is finished. It's going to look like your life is not worth something celebrating. Is what he's saying. It's going to look like you're going down. Listen, but in the end, he said, you'll triumph. Amen? He said, you'll triumph. In the end, he said, you will win. This was Jacob's last conversation with his children. If you read that in context, it goes on to say that Jacob leaned up on his staff and died. It was the last conversation that he had with his children. Okay? So he calls his boys. He had 12 sons. Again, that would ultimately become the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jacob begins to prophesy over each one of them. And I love this, guys. Listen, I love this because what the father's doing right now is he's giving their children their identity. Amen? I want you to follow me. Y'all awake this morning? Huh? Y'all ready to go? No? Everybody's watching that cute little baby run around the front row, ain't they? <laughs> hey, these kids, man. Listen. I love it because what the father's doing, he is speaking to their identity. He is giving each and every single one of these children their identity and their future. And he speaks words that are powerful. What he's doing is speaking something to his children and he's giving them something to live up to. Amen. He's telling them, this is what's going to happen. I'm giving you something for you to live up to. Something for them to remind themselves, listen, concerning their destiny when things get tough. Y'all follow me? Come on. And he gets to a boy named Gad. And he says this. He says, son, listen, it's going to look like a troop is going to trample you down. And everybody's pretty much going to write you off. He says, but in the end, you're going to win. He says, in the end, you will triumph at last. It looks like everybody's written you off. It looks like everything's done. He says, but in the end, you're going to win. So what he's saying in so many words is you were born to win. Not lose. Amen? Y'all better wake up this morning. I love that. Listen, I love the fact that they called the sons of Jacob. Follow me right here, guys. Listen, this is very important. Listen to this. Genesis 49, verse 1. 
It says, And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. He's telling them, I'm prophesying to you what's going to happen to you. Gather together and listen to this. And hear, you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. He says, gather the sons of Jacob. And then it says, listen, that they heard the voice of Israel. That's very profound. That's very important. You remember, this is two people in one body. Amen? Follow me. I want you to, because Jacob was Israel. Remember, God had changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means a supplanter, a thief, a, a, a cheater, you know, a robber. What, that, that's, that's what Jacob means. But Israel means a, a prince with God. Amen? Come on, y'all. So, 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 so he calls together the sons of Jacob, but they heard the voice of Israel. Right? Look at this. You remember when Jacob wrestled with God and he said, no longer will your name be called Jacob, but your name will now from this point on be called Israel. Amen. He says, you're going to be a prince with God. What's interesting is this, that they, they had called for the sons of Jacob, right? But they heard the voice of Israel. They heard the voice of Israel. The same man with two different experiences. Y'all missed that. The same man with two different experiences. The old Jacob, like I said, was a liar. He was a cheater. He was a thief. But when God finished with him, the same body, the same daddy became Israel, a prince with God, who had power with God and favor with men. So when he called them, that's good. Come on, that's good, y'all. So when he called them up, he says, I want the sons of Jacob, but I'm speaking to you as Israel. And the voice of Israel was the one that influenced them. That's, that's huge. You got to catch that. It wasn't the liar and the cheater that influenced them. It was the prince of God. Favor with God and favor with man. It was the voice of it. I'm calling you up as my children, but Israel is going to speak to you. Y'all catch that? It's very important. Your earthly father may have been an alcoholic. He may have abandoned you. He could have walked away from you. But I want to tell you, your spiritual father is God. He is your heavenly father. And he, right here, Israel is speaking to you. And he says, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. Y'all don't care what you're... Come on, y'all. That is huge. Jacob was a liar and a cheater and a thief. And Israel spoke to these children and give them their destiny. Amen. Thank you for that arousing amen up there. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love the fact that in a fatherless generation, come on, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about, that in a fatherless generation, what a model for us to see, that fathers and parents can speak identity to their children. Amen? Where's my parents at? I'm telling you, young people, your parents will speak identity over you and then paint them a picture of their future. Come on. It'll paint them a picture of their future. And then God says, I'll back it up. God says, you call a destiny. You, you, you speak your destiny to your children. You paint a picture of their future. You point them in the direction they're supposed to go. And God says, I'll back it up. Train a child up in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. He says, you do this. You paint this. You do this. He said, and I'll back it up for you. That's what he said. He said, I'll back it up for you. He wanted to give his sons identity. Listen to this. He said, a troop will come over you, and they're seemingly going to defeat you, 
But in the end, you will overcome. Come on, somebody. In the end, you will win. That's what he said. I'm going to tell you who you are. He said, Gad, I'm going to tell you who you are. I'm going to tell you what you're going to go through. I'm going to tell you everything that's going to happen to you. Come on. When he was born at his birth, his mother saw the same thing. He was born. She named him Gad. G-A-D. You know what that means? A troop cometh. She seen it. She named him Gad, which means a troop cometh. In other words, all she saw was the negative stuff that was coming against him. All she saw was everything that was going to come against him. But let me tell you something. His daddy didn't leave it right there. His daddy said, boy, I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to come against you. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to trample you down. There's going to be things that are going to try to take you out. But let me tell you how it ends. He didn't leave it there. Amen? He said, you're going to win. In the end, you will win. It's not going to be an easy life for you. He's telling him, you're going to be tramped on. That's not a very good prophecy, guys. You're going to get beat up. It's going to feel like you've been pounded down into the ground, and it's not going to be easy life for you. But he said, let me let you know that this is not how it's going to end with you being trampled down to the ground. That's not how it's going to end. In the end, you will overcome. There will be times that it's going to be a severe struggle for you, and I don't know what you're going through in your life. But I'm telling you, there's going to be times in your life, it's going to be a severe struggle for you. But in the end, you will win. In the end, you will get back up. Can I tell you, you were born to overcome. You were born to win. You were born to win. I have to tell you. He says, Gad, you're going to get down. But then you're going to get right back up. Come on. Hallelujah. You were not born to be defeated. Can I tell you, you were not born to be depressed. You were not born to be discouraged permanently. You were not born to be destroyed. But the things are going to come against your life, whether it's abuse, whether it's addiction, whether it's whatever, things are going to come. And listen, I'm not denying that temporarily things are going to be tough for you. Who am I talking to this morning? Y'all are awful quiet. I am telling you, he says, I'm not denying that things are going to be tough for you. Things are going to be hard for you. There are things that are, that, that, that are going to trample you. It won't seem like you're ever going to triumph. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not your destiny. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you this morning that is not your destiny. That is not your future because in the end you were born to win. You will triumph at last. Amen. You will triumph at last. You were not born for failure. Man, I want to get that. Can somebody get this in you today? Can somebody get this in your spirit today? You were not born for failure. Amen. You were not born for failure. Get this in you because internal talk matters. What you say to yourself matters. Young people, I'm here to tell you, what you say to yourself matters. Do you hear me? Internal talk matters. Well, I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. They're better than me. Or I'm the... All this stuff, listen, all of that matters. It all matters. And he says, you were not born to lose. You were not born to be insignificant. You were born to win. 
You were born to win. So when you get in those times when it, you know, it looks like you're losing, you have to remind yourself of the prophecy that's over your life. Amen? When you get in those times and it feels like you're losing, I've been there my whole life. Can I tell you, there's going to be times where you feel like you're losing, but in the end, you will triumph. Amen? Amen? There's going to be times when it feels like you can't even put one foot in front of the other. Come on, y'all. There's going to be times when things are going to come against you, when you feel like, what's the use of even trying anymore? I've been doing this for so long, I can't do it. I can't kick this stupid habit. I can't stop doing this. I've been trying for so long. What's the use? Why? What's the use? It feels like your dreams are smashed and you've just been trampled to the ground. But he said, you were not born to be defeated. You will triumph at last. Amen. Come on, somebody. You were not born to lose. He says, I'm giving you something to live up to. Amen. I don't want you to get your identity from TikTok. Where's our people? Where, where are my TikTokers? I don't want you to get your identity from Instagram. Come on, y'all. I don't want you to get your identity from a gang or a, a protest group or Hollywood. He says, I'm going to give you your identity. That's what his daddy did. He said, I'm giving you your identity, and I've got a powerful destination for your life. Amen. Get your identity off of anything but from what God says about you. He says, and I have a powerful destiny for your life. Man, maybe your earthly father wasn't nice. And you didn't have anybody speak words over your life. Can I tell you that there are some great spiritual fathers in this room right now that will speak words over your life for you? Come on. And here's the powerful thing. Look at this in John 1.12. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, to become the daughters of God. As many as received them, he gave them power. That is your destiny, to become a child of God. I've given you the power to become the sons of God. I don't care who your earthly father was. I don't, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you believe on him, he says, you're my kid now. You believe on him. He says, whoever received him gave him the power to become. I don't care about your earthly He said, you're my son now. You're mine now. I got you and I got a destiny for you. I'm not raising up a bunch of losers. Come on, y'all. He said, I ain't raising up a bunch of losers. I give you identity. He says, I give you a future. Come on, y'all. Clap your hands if you know it's the truth. It's him, God's word. Clap your hands and let him know. I'm telling you, God don't raise losers. <laughs> don't raise losers. You were born to win. You were born to win. Yes, you're going to be trampled. Yes, it's going to be tough. Yes, you're going to feel like quitting. But I'm telling you, you were triumph at last. You were born to win. Amen? Look at 1 John 5, 4. Puts it like this. It says, for whatever or whoever is born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Listen, this is what he's saying. 
You're born of God and God has spoken over you and given you your identity and it's not an identity of the past that makes you feel like a failure. What he is telling you is if you are born of God, you overcome the world. Amen. Come on, somebody. You got it. That is, that deserves a hoot and a holler right there. I'm telling you. Yeah, that deserves a hoot and a holler. Y'all, there's a little golf clap. Thank you for that. But I'm telling you, maybe... Maybe in your presence you feel like you're, you're being trampled on. But he's calling you to higher things. Amen? He's calling you to higher things. He says you will triumph. Doesn't mean you won't have problems. Doesn't mean you're going to have stuff that comes against you, but you'll overcome those problems. It doesn't mean that you aren't going to have extreme challenges in your life, but it means you're going to overcome those challenges. Amen? God said you're going to go through some things. But what I put in you is stronger than anything you'll ever go through. Amen? What I put in you is stronger than anything you'll ever go through. And I want you to hear that. He says, you're going to get to the other side. We were not born to quit. We were not born to give up. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. Hallelujah. Come on, when you have a righteous spirit... It's defined by how many times you get up. I love the fact that he said something else about winners. I want you to check this out. When he said in Deuteronomy 33, 20, look at it. He said of Gad, he said, blessed is he who enlarges Gad. That word enlarge means to encourage. It means to, 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 to spur along into your inheritance. Amen? That's what it means. It, it, is, it says to assist into the inheritance. Blessed is he who who enlarges Gad. God said winners have to be enlarged or encouraged is another word. Amen. I'm encouraging you into your inheritance. I'm, y'all following me? God says blessed is he who encourages Gad. Helped. Assisted. That's what that means at certain times. Listen, especially when they're low. Come on, somebody. We all need encouragement, especially when we're down here. Amen. Especially when they're low. Man, he said, if you, if you want to be blessed, learn how to be an encourager. Come on. Come on. That was a, that was a pretty, pretty wimpy applause there. Um, I'm here to tell you, if you want to be a winner, you need to be an encourager. Listen, learn to be an encourager to people who have a destiny on your life. Winners are encouragers. Look. Winners are encouragers. When they're talking about giving up, when people are wanting to quit and they're talking about giving up, you don't get down there in the pity party with them. Come on, somebody. When people are down here in the dirt, you don't get down there in the dirt with them. You grab them up by the hand and say, you can't quit. I'm not going to let you lay in that addiction for the rest of your life. Grab a hold of them. Get them up. That's what, not God, that's what, what, what God says about you. You're to be an encourager. Get up, you ain't hurt. Huh? Winners are encouragers. Winners are people who say, get up again. Keep going. Keep fighting. Winners are people who say, you're not going to quit. You're not giving up. I'm not going to let you. Listen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 38... The Bible says there were four. Everybody say four. 
the Bible says there were four evil men. You got to read it. Got to read, read, read Jeremiah chapter 38. It says there were four evil men who hated him because of his righteous stand. Okay? And they went to the king and they said, we want to throw Jeremiah into the pit. We want to throw Jeremiah into the dungeon. And the king allowed them to throw Jeremiah into the pit. They threw him in a pit of mud, slime, and they left him there for days. And then it says there was a man who went to the king and he persuaded the king that he had made a grave mistake on sending Jeremiah to the pit. And, 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 and look at this, Jeremiah 38.10. The king makes this phenomenal statement. Amen. you got to see this. The king makes this phenomenal statement in Jeremiah 38.10. It says, Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take with you 30 men and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the pit, out of the dungeon, before he dies. Did y'all see that? I want you to follow me. He said, take with you 30 men. 30 men! Everybody say 30! Okay, I want you to notice that it took four men to get somebody in the pit. Y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. They're missing it. Dustin, they're not following me today. Y'all better wake up. I'm telling you right now, it took four people to throw him in the pit, and it took 30 to get him out. Come on, somebody. It is so much easier for somebody to throw you in the pit. It is so much easier for somebody to take you down than it is for you to get them up. It took 30 people to pull him out of that pit. Amen. Only took four to get him in there. It takes more to get you in the pit than it does to get you out of the pit. It only took four to get him down, but it took 30 to encourage him to get back up. And we're only two kinds of people. Y'all hear me? We're only two kinds of people. We're either people who throw people in the pit. And we look at them and we say, well, yeah, I've seen you've been in this pit for a long time. You've been doing this. You can't quit. You can't do nothing. I just stay in the pit, right? Just stay in the pit. And, and, then, and then you're just encouraging them to stay in the pit. And let me tell you something. If I'm going to be grouped with two kinds of people, I want to be grouped in the 30 that's helping people out of the pit. Amen? If I'm going to be grouped, if I'm going to be distinguished between the people who throw somebody in the pit or the people who throw... I want to be in the 30 that's pulling people out of the pit. Amen. That's what I want to do. Hallelujah. Because winners encourage people. Because winners are encouragers. They encourage people who are down. Well, that's good preaching right there, Pastor Jamie. I, I appreciate that right there. That's good preaching. I don't care. I don't care if they're going to say nothing about it. That's good preaching right there, Pastor Joe. Oh, you think so? Well, keep on going. Okay, I got something else for you. Y'all check this out. Anybody can be negative. Anybody can run around and gossip and talk smack about somebody. Anybody can do all of that. Amen? Come on, y'all. Where are we at? But there are people that God will put in your path, and he's going to say, I'm going to help you up out of the pit. There are people that God will put. Anybody can be negative. That's easy. Bless is the one who enlarges or encourages Gad. Winners are encouragers. Are you an encouragement to anybody? I'm going to let that one sit there for a second. Are you an encouragement to anybody? Huh? Are you the one throwing people in the pit? Are you the one throwing people in the pit? Come on. I want y'all think about that on the way home. Are you like a walking negaholic? It's negative all the time. you like a, like a, winners are encouragers. Amen. Amen. I can't hear my church right now. Amen. 
Winners are encouragers. Boy, I wish I had a church that would shout amen this morning. I'm not sure what's going on with y'all. Listen to me. Winners are encouragers. We don't walk around all negative and down and, and, uh, and God says, God says, I need you to find somebody that when they're down, you walk up and you give them your hand and say, come on, let me help you up. Let me help you up. That's what we're supposed to do. We're walking around trying to help people up. We ain't kicking them out of that. That old negaholic. Come on, man. Jeremiah 12, 5 says this. If you run with the footmen, you got to catch this. And they have wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? I want to tell y'all something. We think this is negative. We hear this scripture and we think it's a negative thing. We think it's negative. In other words, he says, if you're giving up right now, you're talking about giving up already? He says, when the footmen are coming, they, these were the foot soldiers. They had foot soldiers and they had horse soldiers in these days. The, the horse soldiers had a great advantage. They didn't have guns back then. They didn't have, and, and, and so the horse soldiers had a great advantage. He says, and the, the footmen are discouraging you? Come on, somebody. He says, the footmen aren't discouraging you? Mm. God says, Jeremiah, listen, if the footmen weary you, what are you going to do when the horsemen come? And like I said, we take that as a, as a negative statement, but, but I, want you to, I want you to understand what God is really saying is the footman level is not where I called you. You don't hear me. He said, the footman level is not where I called you. You're getting all weary over here. He said, I've called you to bigger things. You have no idea how great and how big the places are that I'm taking you to. He says, and if you over here and this little level and the footmen are wearing you out, he said, what are you going to do when I take you to where I got to take you to? He says, the footmen ain't nothing. You getting all stressed out over here. He says, when you get up here, you got horsemen coming, baby. You better hang on. Amen. He's saying, if the footmen are wearing you out, he says, you're not staying at that level. Why are you freaking out at that level? Come on. You were born to win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, you ain't staying at this level down here. You're getting all freaked out over these chumps. First Chronicles says something else that's powerful about winners. Check this out. Everybody say, winners are encouragers. Now everybody say, winners need encouragement. That's huge. I want you to notice this in 1 Chronicles 12, 8. God says that the Gadite joined David in the stronghold in the wilderness, and the Gadite shall be mighty men of valor. Come on, somebody. God is telling them you're going to be a mighty man of valor, trained for battle. Who would handle the shield and spear? Who can fight? Whose faces are like a lion. Come on. And has feet like a deer. Swift as a gazelle. You see that? Number one, he gives a description of a winner. And he says one of the ways is that you have a face like a lion. Can I tell you something? Lions are predators. Y'all wake this morning. Lions are predators. They don't sit there with one eye over here and one eye over here like a deer. Amen? Lions are predators. They're focused. 
They're white. You ever seen a cat? Man, I got a crazy cat that kills everything. It'd kill me if it was big enough. I'm telling y'all, listen, this thing is laser focused, dude. A, a, a lion is a it's laser focused. Winners have laser focus. Check this out. Winners have laser focus. They're not distracted. They're not deterred by all of this and that and all the stuff that's going on. They're focused. Amen? They're not distracted. This one thing I do, he says, I reach for the prize. Come on, somebody. I'm laser focused on where I'm supposed to go and what I'm doing. I have a destiny. He said, I can't let all of this down here distract me. Come on. You don't get your eyes all down here. The Bible says looking unto Jesus. Come on. Looking unto Jesus and realizing what he's called you to do will require laser focus. Do you hear me? What God has called you to do will require laser focus. What are you focusing on? I'm asking you. What are you focusing on? Set your eyes on the prize. For the joy that has been set before me, Jesus endured the cross. Come on, somebody. Even though he was being tormented, even though he was being spit upon, even though he was being beat and flogged, he still carried his cross. Come on, y'all. He carried his cross, and he hung on that cross, and he said, for the joy that is set before me, he said, my eyes ain't down here with all the lies and the criticism and all the, the hate they're spewing about me. And, and he said, I'm sitting up here. My eyes ain't down here because going through the crucifixion, I see the resurrection. Come on, somebody. He says, I, I got my eyes. I'm laser focused. He said, yeah, it's going to hurt. I'm going to be trampled on for three days. But during the crucifixion, he had his eyes on the resurrection. He had laser focus, guys. The next thing it says, he, his feet, a winner's feet, he has deer feet. He has deer feet. He's swift. He leaves swiftly. He moves quickly like a gazelle. What does that mean? Let me tell you this, Joseph is a beautiful picture of a winner. Joseph had a beautiful dream. He had, had a powerful dreams. And, and, then, and then Potiphar's wife, who has this spirit of adultery all over her, tries to get Joseph to come to bed with him. And he tells her, she tells him three times, come on, lay with me, lay with me, lay with me. My husband's on a business trip, lay with me. She seduced him and tricked him into the bedroom. And the Bible says, I want you to see this is a winner. He had deer's feet. <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now, listen, he had deer's feet. If you've ever been in a deer stand, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all been in a deer stand before? Deer don't come walking through like this. <laughs> they don't. Deer come in there like this. Did I hear something? Did I hear something? Let me see that's how deer come in. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on, somebody. That big old butt's going to sneak in. See, winners know when to run. Winners know when to run, y'all. The Bible says when she tried to seduce Joseph that he ran. He goes in there. She's got this biblical dress on, lo and behold, right? And she goes in there, all this stuff showing, and, 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 and he, he runs. She tried to stop him. She ripped his coat off. Poor guy. His brothers took his coat off. His girlfriend took his coat He can't keep a coat. Amen? Joseph can't keep a coat. But let me tell you something. He lost his coat, but he kept his dream. You got to grab a hold of that. He lost his coat, 
but he kept his dream. You might go through seasons of losing stuff. You might go through seasons of losing stuff and, and all these other things. But if you follow God, I promise you, you're going to hold on to the dream. And in the end, he got his coat back. In the end, he got his ring of authority back. In the end, he had all the corn that was in the barns of the world. Come on, somebody. He got it all back. Listen, but the test was in that bedroom. You missed it. The test was in that bedroom. Amen. Come on now. When he acted like a winner, he had deer's feet. You got to know when to get out of there. Come on, y'all. You got to know when to get out of there. Something pops up on your computer, you better get out of there. Huh? You go to a party, somebody breaks out some cocaine, party starts getting a little crazy, you better get deer's feet, you better get on and out of there, huh? You go out on a date, you go out on a date and you hook up with some dude you think is saved, and you go out with him and you find out he's only saved from the head to the waist and the rest of him is not saved. You better get out of there. You hear me? I'm looking at my kids right now. I'm preaching to my kids right now. If he ain't saved from the waist down, you better get deer's feet. You better get on out of there. Call Uber if you have to. Winners know when to run. Winners know when to run. I'm almost finished, guys. Hang on. If y'all going to get anything out of this, you got to hear my last point. Okay? I'm almost finished. If y'all going to get anything out of this, I got about 15, 30 more minutes. <laughs> the greatest danger to Gad, the greatest danger to winners is found in the story of Gad. This is the number one threat to anyone who was born to win. And I want you to listen to me very closely. Young people, wherever you're at, I want you to understand what I'm going to tell you. The greatest danger to winners is found in this story. It's so important. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 2 that Gad associated with, teamed up, and started camping out for 40 years in the wilderness with another tribe called Reuben. Okay? And this is the prophecy over Reuben from the father Jacob on the same day that he's prophesying over all his children. Look at Genesis 49 verse 3. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might. And the beginning of my strength, he's speaking, he's saying these things to him. You got might, you got strength, you're all of this. The excellency of dignity, come on, and the excellency of power. In other words, he's looking at me saying, boy, you're loaded. You're loaded. Might, power, strength, dignity, everything. You have incredible potential. But watch this next verse. But you have an issue he says, you got an issue, Reuben. You're as unstable as water. And because of your instability, you will not excel. Come on, y'all. Now, what does that mean? Unstable as water. Water's unstable. You know why? Because water adjusts to whatever atmosphere you put it in. If you take water and you put it in a cold atmosphere, freezing atmosphere, it freezes, turns to ice. You take ice and put it in a warm atmosphere, it turns to liquid, it turns to steam, it melts. It, it, it's unstable. You put it in a round container, it turns round. You put it in a square container, it turns square. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. He says, son, you have so much potential, but you're unstable as water. If you would just be who you are, and then if you don't change, listen, if they don't, then get deer's feet and get on out of there. Amen? He says, you got to have laser focus on where I'm taking you to. you got to have something in you. you got to stay encouraged. 
Come on, Reuben. And you're not going to get encouraged by these folks. Here's the point. The greatest danger to winners is who you hang out with. I'm telling you. Because when Gad, who was full of potential and born to win, when they started camping out for 40 years, everywhere the camp was set, everywhere they went, they were set. They was with Reuben. Reuben and Gad, they stuck together just like Judah and Benjamin stuck together, just like all the other tribes stuck together. The tribes would get together, and they would hang out like family, right? Now listen to this. When it came time for Israel to cross the Jordan River and to go into the promised land, your Bible says, listen, we teach this and we preach this all the time that all the children of Israel went into the promised land. That's not what your Bible says. That's not what your Bible says. Your Bible says two tribes stayed on the other side. You know who that was? Huh? They never entered the promised land. Reuben said, I like it here. Let's just stay here. This is good. It's not God's best, but this is good. Amen? And Gad, because of his tight association with Reuben, come on, because of his tight association with Reuben, the greatest danger to a winner is who you associate with. Because negative people will make you settle for less. You missed the spot to shout right there. That's a great spot to shout. Negative people will make you settle for less. Dream thieves will take away everything God called you to do because they'll convince you that you can't do it. This is good. Just stay here. Amen? I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. I'm telling you right now, he said, I want you to win, but you're not going to win unless you quit hanging out with losers. If you're struggling with drugs, quit hanging out with drug addicts. If you got an alcohol problem you can't control, stop hanging out with drunks. Come on, somebody. If you're a negaholic, stop walking around with negative people all the time. Amen. Amen. Stay away from unstable people. Listen, guys, get laser focused. Get a made-up mind. Have deer's feet. Because God says, I got a high calling for you. You were born to win. You were born to win. I've got a high calling for you. You can't play around with losers. Get away from the wrong crowd. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody better get a hold of that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.14, I'm almost done. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. Do you understand that word causes means to manipulate the outcome of? Amen. He causes us to triumph. It's, it's assigning blame for manipulating the outcome. They caused it. They manipulated the outcome. God says, I'm manipulating the outcome of your life because I have already set you up to triumph. I am setting you up for victory. Amen. You were born to win. Hallelujah. Come on. You always win if you stay connected to me. Your present pain is not your final place if you stay connected to me. No matter what the devil's weapon is, we win. God never meant for us to hide and hope. God never meant for us to hide and hope. Isaiah 46.10, so profound. God declares the end from the beginning. And from the ancient times, things that are not yet done. He says, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. He declares the end from the beginning. What does that mean? That God declares the end from the beginning. He says, 
God goes out, he declares the end, and then he comes back and he says, now let it start. Now let's start. In Hollywood, when they make movies, most of the time they'll, they'll shoot the very last scene first. So then all the other scenes leading up to that last scene has all the emotions in it because they know what the last scene is. Amen. So, 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 so all the other scenes building up to that climactic ending has all the emotions in it and, and, and everything that's, that's going with it. And, and God's saying concerning your life, he says, I've created the end first. Come on, you got to catch this, guys. This is so important. He says, I've created the end first. You were born to win, and I have an ending that you're going to like. Amen. Amen. And then he goes all the way back. So he comes all the way, establishes the ending, and then he casts a line all the way to the beginning, and he goes all the way back to the start, and he says, okay, now let's start it. Amen. Read your Bible. The devil's already been defeated. Revelation 20.10 says he's already been beat up. He's thrown into the... Come on, y'all. Jesus has went all the way. He's established the ending, and then he comes back. And listen, he says, you're not going to do stuff that's going to surprise me. I've already established, listen, and, and I read this, and what this is talking about is the omnipresence of God. And what the omnipresence of God is, is that he can be anywhere. So God, God is in your past at the same time as he's in your present. At the same time, he is in your future. Amen? And it's the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. And he says, I've got an ultimate place of victory established for you. I have already went out there and, and, and can give you the victory. You got it. And then I'm going to bring you from the beginning. You follow me? There's a story about a guy named David. He was a little shepherd boy. And they had already poured oil on his head. They had already anointed him with oil to be king of Israel. But he's still stepping in sheep poop. Come on, somebody. He's already been anointed with oil to be the king. But he's still out here stepping in sheep dookie. He's still running around the field. Come on, I'm almost done. Give me two more minutes. But he was anointed as king. David is anointed to be king of Israel. And then here comes this mean giant named Goliath. He's massive. He's mightier. He's bigger than David. Come on. I love the fact that your Bible says that when David went on the battlefield and he saw Goliath. Listen, listen. Hold on a minute. Stop. Time out. He saw Goliath coming up trying to. Okay, I want you to pull up my verse for me, please, Jeremiah 29, 11. I want you to pull this up for me. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Come on right here. I love this. I love this right here. To give you an expected end. Did you hang on to that? He said, he said to give you an expected end. Everybody say an expected end. That's huge. That means that this is set. The ending is set. It's expected. Are you following me? That the ending is set. The ending is expected. That's where you're going. You don't have to worry about your ending. If I promise you something, God says I'm going to deliver. Amen? But there will come Goliaths in your life. You're going to be trampled. It ain't even going to look like a fair fight for you. But here's what I love about David. He had already been anointed and he's fighting a giant. And the Bible says that he ran to Goliath. That he ran toward Goliath. Because he said, I've been anointed to be king already. I've already been anointed to be king. He's called me to an expected end. But I'm not king yet. 
He says, but I'm not king yet. Therefore, this is not the day that I'm going to die. Somebody's going to die today. Somebody's going to die today, sir. But it ain't going to be me. Huh? You know why? Because he had already been anointed to his expected end. And he said, I believe so much in my expected end that what God has anointed me for, he says, you can't stop me. Come on, y'all. The giant can't stop me. God says, I'm going to let you encounter some giants in your life, but I promise you, I'm going to get you to your expected end. Amen. Stand your feet all around this room for me. I made it, Dustin. <laughs> Can I tell you, God has already created an expected end for you. Amen. Can I tell you that God has already created an expected end for you? And I promise you it's not one of failure. It's not one of failure. You were born to win. You just got to grab a hold of his hand. He said, if you grab a hold of my hand, I will take you to your expected end. He can pull you out of the tramplings of life. It's just a temporary setback. He can pull you out of the addiction. He can pull you through it. You can't pull yourself through it, but he can if you hold on to his hand. You just got to grab his hand and I'm throwing out the invitation right now. I want everybody looking at me. If you're in here today and I'm asking you who needs it today, who needs to grab a hold of his hand this morning? Amen. I'm asking you right now who needs it. His hand is right there. His hand is right there. You can have a new ending today. In fact, you, I want you to raise your hand all around this room. Come on. All around this room. We see them. We see them. Everybody look around. Come on. Raise them high. Unashamed. Unashamed. Keep your eyes laser focused. Know that you have a destiny set out for you. For the hope that is set before me, Jesus endured the cross. Hallelujah. Everybody repeat this after me and say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Thank you for my expected end and that I'm born to win. Come into my heart, Jesus, and change me and make me into the person you want me to be. And Father, I pray for every hand that went up across this room. God, I pray for every single person in here today that has a glorious ending. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus. God, that they keep their eyes focused on you and they make it to the prize. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's end with this worship song, guys. We love you.